we have started in a new series on the first ministry trip in Matthew 10. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to flip there, you can do that. We're going to go and look at the very next section. Last week, we looked at the, the first 16 verses, and just summing it up, one of the things that Jesus says in those first several verses there, he says, a messenger is responsible for the message, not for the response. And we talked about that, right? It is the Holy Spirit who is responsible for the response of somebody. Our job is just to tell people what we know, to give them good news. And oftentimes, what people hear today is how knowing Jesus has made a difference in your life. That's what they want to hear because they want to know, is it going to make a difference in their life? You will note that some people that you may come across will be frozen. They will be unresponsive. Some will be thawing. They need some time to really stop and think about it. Maybe they need a little marinating. And some are going to be Holy Spirit moved and ready to receive the whole counsel of God and they need to be basted. Jesus sought to encourage his disciples and us by making sure that they understood and that we understand that the majority of people we encounter will be frozen. Not just unresponsive, but actually hostile to the message. Now, oftentimes, this next little section we're going to read, it doesn't make it into sermons, especially in those places that want to be all positive. But friend, Jesus never candy-coated what the mission was. Read with me, if you would, starting there at verse 17. You can back that up for me, Houston. There we go. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before men and governors, kings, as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But, what's the next word? But. When, not an if, when, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for you will not be speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. I tell you the truth, you will not 
finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and for a servant to be like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub or Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? By the way, did that happen? Yes. Where's that recorded? Matthew 12, 24, if you want to make a note of it. You hear what Jesus is telling them? You have good news. You have life-changing, eternity-changing news. And persecution comes with the territory. You see, Jesus was always clear that those of the world would have a difficult time grasping, understanding the message of God. Over in John 15, he says, they persecuted me, they are going to persecute you. Yes? In fact, that same sentence is there, that a student isn't greater than his master. Let me ask you, friend, do you know what it's like to live in a world that is hostile to you? Our country, founded on Judeo-Christian ethics, founded on the Bible, is becoming more resistant to the things of God. There are efforts to change holiday names and meanings. Christians are increasingly becoming the villains or the fools in secular entertainment. Traditional family values are fast becoming the unacceptable alternative lifestyle. We have not yet been persecuted to the point of shedding blood. Yet, brothers and sisters, we should not be surprised when we face resistance. Our Lord told us, it would happen. How should we react to persecution? Well, I think Peter, the second time he got hauled in before the Sanhedrin, has something to say to us about that. Over in Acts 5, we read this. Peter and the other apostles said, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to all who obey him. You hear what Peter's response was? If they didn't get it the first time, 
tell them again. Did you notice that? And their response when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. Friends, if somebody's wanting to kill you because of your faith in Christ, you're being persecuted. China, India, Indonesia, Laos, North Korea, I can name a whole bunch of others where there are Christians right now that are in a position where their faith can get them killed. But friends, are you living for this life or for the next life? But in this particular case, in Acts 5, with Peter and the other uh, apostles, calmer heads prevailed. You know the name Gamaliel. Gamaliel, Rabbi Gamaliel, is one of the head rabbis of the day. He was uh, the one that Paul was his student was his disciple. Paul's teacher calms the Sanhedrin and he tells them, he says, look, look, look. We have seen others come and go. There have been other movements that claimed to have the Messiah and they all died out on their own. If God is not behind this Jesus, it's going to die out too. But if it is of God, you are going to find yourself fighting against God himself. Down at verse 40, we get this. His speech, Gamaliel's speech, persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged, then ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them Go. After this beating, after being told once again to stop talking about Jesus, do you know what the reaction of the disciples was? Very next verse. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, that's the proper way to respond to persecution. Because, friends, there is power when the Holy Spirit speaks through you. In, um, in the book of Acts, that record of the first old oh, 25, 30 years of the church following Jesus' ascension, there is a phrase that pops up on a regular basis. It's filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you should read through Acts and look for and key in on that phrase, filled with the Holy Spirit, and see what's going on. Five times when that phrase is used, it precedes a bold proclamation of God's 
truth. And if you go and you look, what you will see is every time when somebody was filled with the Holy Spirit, the gospel was being moved forward. Each time, their courage, their willingness to speak, and the Holy Spirit speaking through them was powerful. Is a lack of courage a common excuse today for why people hesitate to speak the name of Jesus? There's a lot of people who want to want to feel the presence of the Lord, who want to know that the Spirit is there and the Spirit is with them. But friends, if you're reading through the Scripture, the way to get the confirmation of the Holy Spirit is have the courage to speak the name of Jesus. And I tell you, if you really want to feel the presence of the Spirit, move the gospel forward. That may be speaking in front of a large crowd. That may be teaching your granddaughter. Are you with me? It's him on your mind, him on your heart, him in you, so that he is what comes out. If you want to feel the presence of the Spirit, have the courage to speak when he prompts you to speak. That is when you will feel the flood of confirmation. But here's the hard part when it really comes down to it. You have to choose your loyalties. There in verse 21, Jesus talks about the fact that some Christians are going to be rejected by their kin because they chose God over their kin. That's true in Jesus' day. And you know what? It's true today, too. It's a tough thing to grasp. Today, Jews, even today, many of them will consider their children dead if they recognize Christ as Lord. The Hindu, the Muslim, if you leave at least you're an apostate, but you may be leaving under the threat of death even from your own family. Mormons, too, in this country, for somebody to leave that faith and to come into mainline Christianity typically means that they have to cut all of their bridges everything with family, with their finances. They have to leave it all. When it comes down to it, my spiritual sibling, are you willing to follow God at all costs? 
Are you sure that you can walk the walk, that you can walk down the way of Jesus alone? Jesus also tells us even here that if we are faithful, we win. By the way, that's the whole message of Revelation. Well, people want to get into Revelation and talk about the images and the metaphors and everything in there. But, you know, the underlying key through all of that book is when we are faithful, we win. We don't have to figure everything out. What we have to know is when we are faithful, we win. Jesus even says that here. John wrote to the Christians in Asia Minor who were being persecuted to the point of death. The evidence of history shows that. And John writes to encourage them to look beyond this life and focus on the next. Jesus, John records in John 15, 18 to 21, if you want an easy reference, John 15, 18 to 21, he more or less says, you don't need to feel fear or feel rejected because you're not the one they're rejecting. He says, they are not rejecting you, they are rejecting me. You see, friend, it's what we represent that offends them. It's the fact that there is ultimate accountability and at some point either in this life under grace or standing at the throne when this life has gone and time shall be no more we will all admit our sin friends we have to become broken and contrite and humble in spirit Something that our society is not teaching today. We have to acknowledge a personal responsibility. And that's one of the hardest things there is to do. Because friends, there is a living God. And you and I are not it. There's an interesting comment that's nestled right in the middle of this section in Matthew 10. Jesus says, I'll tell you the truth, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. There is no way that they could have possibly have understood when he said that what he meant. But we do know now. Jesus knew exactly who he was. And what his mission was. He knew that he would be handed over to the Jewish leaders by Judas. He knew he would be questioned and beaten and turned over to the Romans to be hung on a cross. Lifted up for all to see the ultimate shame and disgrace. He also knew. That three days later, 
he would rise from the dead, giving all who believe the assurance and the hope of everlasting life. He even knew that all this would happen before the disciples' work was finished. In fact, it would be the one thing that spurred them to remain faithful in the persecution to come because they knew they served a risen Savior who was in the world that day. Even in the face of persecution at the hands of their own kin. There is more to come in this instruction as we move through Romans 10 over the next two more weeks, okay? We don't want to get stuck just on one section. We want to see the whole thing. But remember this. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. The fact of Christ's resurrection gives us the courage not just to endure this world, but should give us the courage to change it. Father God, we thank you for the courage that comes from looking at your word, for the feeding of your spirit that we get when we allow those words to get into us for the knowledge that even the breath we have is spirit that you gave us. And we thank you, Father, that regardless of what's going on in our lives, be it spiritual attack, be it people who ignorantly choose to persecute the church to those who are hating us may we always remember that yours is a message of love and of grace and that is it available to everyone and there will come a day when time will end And may we, Father, be looking forward to that day, knowing that we have stood in the gap and courageously spoke the name of Jesus. Use us, Father, for your will. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.